Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It Simple. This is Luis Sanchez. I'm here with my co-host. Hey, I'm Scott Callantine. Welcome to the episode. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to Keeping It Simple Season 2. We have another episode today with our friend Dusty Fenner. For some of you who are listening, go back and listen to our previous episode with Dusty. There's a lot of great content there on his context, who he is, getting to know him a little bit more. But if you haven't listened to that, Dusty, can you kind of summarize briefly for our audience a little bit of who you are and your ministry context? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks uh, again for having me back on, guys. Uh, it's really a privilege to chat with you. Um, my name is Dusty Benner. I'm a, a church planter in Boise, uh, started Sojourn Alliance uh, about a decade ago, and we are uh, a microchurch network. And also, I'm a director with the Syndicate, uh, which is kind of a missionary sending agency uh, for local um, missionaries in, in Boise. And so, uh, really excited to be back on on here today and, and uh, continue our conversation. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. We're glad to have you here. Um, today, we are in the midst of our APEST series. We will be focusing primarily on the prophet and apostle. And so where that comes from is Ephesians 4, uh, 11 and 12, and I'll read that right now. And it says, And he gave the apostles, prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And this is Jesus giving these, called APEST, the first letter of each one, combines the acronym APEST. And it's Jesus that gave these people, these giftings, to the church for the, the purpose of building up the body of Christ. So that's the context of what we're jumping into. And Dusty leans more into the prophetic side. Right, yeah. And, and just, uh, Dusty, tell us a little bit about your P and um, the, pro, uh, and the prophet. <laughs> tell us a little bit about the, the P as a prophet. And, um, and, and obviously, I, and I think actually this is really good because I think the, the P's are oftentimes misunderstood, right? And like, um, tell us a little bit about, man, in your experience, is that something that that is true? And in your own words, tell us what it means to be uh, a, a prophet in the sense of apex. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a, definitely a misunderstood thing because we kind of have this carryover sometimes what we think is, happens in the Old Testament. You know, so we kind of picture this guy, you know, like a, like a John the Baptist or Elijah or Moses, you know, and often we associate uh, the prophetic with with fortune telling, right? Like predicting mm. some kind of date in the future. Um, but the how the New Testament uses it a little bit different. Like like I wouldn't be comfortable being like, hey, Dusty's a prophet. I, I would think I'm a bit more prophetic, as in I I carry out a bent. Uh, so when you get the fivefold expression here that's talked about in Ephesians four, uh, first of all, these are 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 gifts given by Jesus, right? A lot of people are like, oh, they're yeah. spiritual gifts. No, the, the scripture says he gave them, Jesus, it talks about. So he's he's giving the church body certain things that will help them accomplish what they're supposed to accomplish, which is the Great Commission, yeah. right? So these, these people, and so each person has this bent, right, that contributes to the body saying, hey, how are we going to become everything that we need to become and stuff. And so we need a certain voice, okay, that does certain things. And, and so I'm not going to go through all of them because I'm sure your your podcast will go through all of them. So the prophetic voice, we need this voice 
that calls back people to the ideal. Okay? And that's what I think really that prophetic sense is. It's, it's a calling back. And, and it is attributed somewhat to the Old Testament prophets. You see one of their roles, okay, even though it's not exactly the same, but the, the prophets of old, they were constantly, they spent a lot more time calling people back to the law and how to follow um, the Torah in, in Yahweh, okay, God, the name of God. They were constantly calling people back to that, right? Like, hey, you guys have gone astray. Why are you guys worshiping idols? We only worship one God. I'm calling you back to that, right? Come back to that. Come back to that. And so, so you see that carried over in the New Testament where, where we need people with the voice that says, hey, here's what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, and so they call back for the purposes of the church, right? And so, and they also call back, back people, call back people into holiness. Like, hey, you're supposed to live, if you're a follower of Jesus, it's supposed to look a certain way. Go back to that. And so, so we see, um, you know, even some, some modern expressions. Uh, one of my favorite probably is A.W. Tozer, who, who a lot of people will know. And, and he was constantly calling the church and his people back into alignment with the gospel and with holiness and with, uh, you know, just here's how you're supposed to follow Jesus. And so that's what I think really the, the prophetic does um, in our context, you know. And so kind of how I've seen this flesh out is, is God has put things on my heart. It's like, hey, we are supposed to call people back to the original intentions of the church. Okay. And so, so I, I think that looks more simple. Okay. Much like you guys do. I, lo I love you guys' names. Simple church, right? It's, it's simpler. It's a more relational expression. Okay, it's it's rooted in certain things, and so I'm going to call people back to that um, out of kind of the cultural Christianity that's been built in our country and really most of Western Europe, uh, and and has been um, I don't know failing is the right word, but really been diminished because because we've kind of gone astray, right? We've gone off into uh, to, to to buildings and budgets and these big financial things like we you know we built up our own little kingdoms and jesus is like no, no 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 it's supposed to be about me it's supposed to be simple it's supposed to be rooted in the ways of jesus and so we're supposed to call people back you know and and the thing that we're supposed to do is equip the saints for the work of ministry right for building up the body so so you build up the body by calling them back to this idea that hey here's what it's supposed to look like go back to jesus go back to the founders of what we're supposed to do and so i'm calling people back to that um and and that was one of my primary reasons reasons for even planting Sojourn and, and helping start the syndicate is because that that voice needs to be heard um, in in our country. I, I think another example would be a guy like Francis Chan, who's, who has a you know like a, a very more global voice than mine. Mine's my I have like a little cricket voice <laughs> in my in my sphere of influence, and a guy like Francis Chan, he's got like a you know a well known voice, but he's constantly calling back. Uh, to what what the pro, what the what the way it should be, and so that's where I would say really the prophetic voice, the the, the kind of modern prophet that, that the Bible's talking about here in this context is is calling people back to that kind of stuff. In your context, in in just your life, and maybe in your ministry, what does that look like practically? What is the most practical representation of the prophetic? Yeah, so. Yeah, so just like practically speaking, um, it's just inserting that voice in the environments that I'm in. You know, so so when we planted a church, I I, I did want this prophetic thing that other churches can look at and be like, oh, that's intriguing, that's different. And I've had a number of conversations where people are like, wow, that's really unique what you're doing. And I'm like, 
It's not that unique. It's, it's just in the book of Acts. That's all I did, right? I didn't, I didn't even come up with anything original. I just said, hey, what, what would they do? But people are like, wow, that's, that, that's kind of unique. Also kind of like individually uh, with my, my church context, um, through the way I teach and through the way I model things, I'm trying to, to also in that context call people back. Um, and, and then even individually, you know, I mean, a lot of calling back is just a call to repentance. And so, so it's, it's a little bit of a messy work sometimes because, um, you know, and I think we might even kind of talk about strengths and, and difficulties when within the prophets, there's a lot of kind of angry prophets out there, oh. right? Where they're just kind of mad, like, oh, we should be doing things better. And, and they can come across uh, kind of as mm. jerks in a way. Right. And so there's, there's a balance, like, how do I be a prophet and be true to what God is saying? Right. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to, to water it down. Like, this is just what Jesus said. And so why don't we just do what he told us to do? Right. So I'm going to call you to that, but, but we, but the, but the balance is like, I don't always need to be an angry prophet and, and just totally, um, you know, throw out everything else. Right. Like I don't have the posture, like, Oh, we're the only real true church. Okay. Cause I think a lot of people have this bent. They're like, well, all the other churches in the whole wide world, they're not even real. Only we are. And it's like, ah, oh, that's, that could, you know, be a little arrogant in that in that posture because I like I have a lot of a lot of churches that I work with that have a different model and man I love them I'm so glad they're in Boise trying to reach people for Jesus but I'm you know I'm hopefully going to be a little bit of that calling though like hey let's think about discipleship what what that might look like and and, and hopefully give some examples and some prodding some spurring one another on to good works uh, in in kind of some different ways when I when I think about let's um, see when I think about prophets about there's this kind of two two uh sided kind of deal it's the the forth telling right uh, speaking directly and uh you know from god saying hey this is how it is calling people back like you're saying to to the original intent and then there's this aspect of foretelling and then there's there's both but some people will only look at the foretelling aspect and 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 forget about this like calling you back to your first love kind of thing, the forth telling aspect of of uh, of prophecy as well. And we believe in, in 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 the prophetic and fully embrace it, and you know want to walk in it. Uh, believe that the gifts are still for today, you know. Um, and 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 we want to practice that, right? Um, which means that we won't always get it right. Right, and that's the same thing with the apes. I think as we uh, grow in our maturity, our giftings grow also. Because I think with the prophets, you're talking about the angry prophets. I think also too that you know what you say is important, but how you say it can make can make all the difference. And there's times when you you slam your hand on the table and you you know you're making this point right. Because you're you you have fire shut up in your bones like Jeremiah. Then there's these other times where you have to kind of navigate social dynamics to be able to talk, kind of you know, for lack of a better sense, you know, kind of speak softly and carry a big stick, right? Like you 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 can have a conversation behind closed doors that can have impact with hundreds, if not thousands, of people and be prophetic one on one in a way that you don't. Necessarily you know, uh, uh, won't necessarily, you know, be publicized to the whole nation. 
you know, it, it speak to them directly, you know, and, and, and in a soft way and kind of, you know, share a word from God, be a fourth teller. Um, and, and, and that's happened, I think, in, in many cases. And I've even seen that myself. But talk to me uh, and us, our listeners, uh, this morning, um, Dusty, about the gifts. You know, like, what are the gifts that the prophets bring to a team or a community? Right? Like, what's, what's the gift that the prophet brings? Like, what's the plus side? Yeah, so this, and this is really important because, um, you know, I, I think there's some distinguishing, distinguishing, you know, from Ephesians 4 here that says, hey, here's what's needed to make the church. So, like, when we see Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, Pastor, we need all of these functions. That's another way to think about it is, the, right. is these are functions. We need all of these functions at the table. And often, most churches, they don't have all of them, right? So, you see some. Some churches that will be really driven, and it's often by by whoever is the leaders. Um, you know, some are like very driven by the teacher, right? So they have really good preaching and teaching on Sunday, and they have really good Sunday school. Like so, everything has this teaching bent, right? Some will have you know the evangelists. I, I've been a church with evangelists, um, and it's like, hey, all we need to do is just share Jesus all the time. Uh, you know, discipleship. You don't really need to worry about as much. Just as long as you're sharing the gospel, that will take care of everything. And so you need all of these bents coming to the table. And so, so all these functions, like to make a church work, you need, you need all of them, right? You need the apostle that says, okay, we need to start new things and go to these new places and, and uh, expand and grow, right? You need, you need the evangelist that says, hey, we need to reach people for Jesus. You need the teacher that says, hey, we need good doctrine. We need to understand what, what the Bible actually says. You need the, the shepherd that says, hey, let's care for people. Uh, and, and the prophet, what it adds to the table, the function it adds is, is like, hey, we need to keep, make sure we make the main thing the main thing, right? We, we need to go back to this ideal. And so sometimes people confuse the prophet that I think is talking about here in Ephesians 4 um, versus like making a prophecy, right? So you got like spiritual gifts and, and there is, you know, a, a prophetic spiritual gift as well, where you might have like a, like a, like a word of knowledge, something like that is kind of confused with with the prophet, right? Like, Hey, I think I heard from God and he wants me to tell you this. Okay. And so there's, there is that part of it as well. But I think for the function working with a team, what they add to the team is to this remembrance of like, Hey, what is, what does Jesus actually want us to do? And are we doing that? Right? Because uh, vision, uh, it leaks and it drifts. Right. And so the, so the prophetic guy, he's holding him to the original vision and purposes of what Jesus called. And I think that's what he adds to the team, right? And so so when you kind of go the, the greater spectrum of gifts, that there's different outworkings of prophetic people, right? Like I said, often it's, you know, you might get someone who says, hey, I, I have this understanding of what God might be calling you into. Um, you know, and I've had some of those as well. But I think what it brings to the team, what it brings to a church community, a discipleship community, is that function of like, hey, let's let's make sure we keep doing what we're, we're supposed to be doing, and I'm going to keep calling you back when we drift. Hey, remember, remember, it's about this. Remember, it's about this. I'm calling you back to the ideas. Hey, we need to repent from our sin because we've we've drifted, right? And so those yeah. those couple of things, I think I think that's what it adds to the team um, in that respect. And that's so good. the The verbiage that comes to my mind is mission drift when we drift away from the vision, the mission that Jesus has placed for us specifically in our team, in our context, prophet kind of pulling us back, tugging us back 
I think that's really valuable and necessary for a team to function. And I think we can look at teams and notice, man, they really didn't have a strong prophetic or it wasn't represented in their team because... Or they didn't listen. Yeah, right? there's like, also that's the, the other the thing. Like, listening. hey, the, the prophet was trying to function in their gifting, but they kept getting shut down. Yeah. And so I think you see these like in a, in a lot of, you know, like if you look at the history of the church, um, you know, you've had those prophets who have been corrected. Like I think like Martin Luther, right, who started the Reformation, he kind of had that prophetic voice because he looked at the, the church and he's like, hey, guys, what do we do? We need to get back to Sola Scripture. We need to get back to these these ideas. Mm-hmm. And, and if, you, if you don't have that, I think what happens, uh, like if you don't listen, like Luis just said, you don't listen and then all of a sudden you've you've. You've had that drift, and all of a sudden you you're you look like the world, or you, you don't even look like a church. You just have become uh, this social um, club, uh, you know. And, and I think we you see churches that have just you know forgotten about that prophetic voice, and sometimes they even run them out. Uh, they're not they're not always popular. Yeah. So how does in the scope of a team where the prophet's probably going to be underrepresented or at equal level, probably not at a higher status than the rest of the team, at least in like the North American context, um, because we lean so much into the shepherd and teaching aspect. But in the context of a team, how does the prophet, how do they best relate with their team members? How, do they, how does the prophet deal with pushback from, like if they're trying to call people back and the other voices are hesitant or giving criticism, how does the prophet deal with that? And how do you call people back gently uh, and, and maybe even deal with praise by, for calling people back? Like, how does the prophet deal with the criticism or the praise of being in, in the team? Yeah, you know, it, it's a really unique dynamic because, um, you know, one, one thing that the people who kind of land in this, this vein is, is they usually think and, and often do hear from God. And in their mind, maybe they hear more clear than other people. Right. So, so if you come with arrogance as a prophet, you're just going to plow over people. And, and I know I've done that in the past where I'm like, oh, no, this is just right. And this is what we're going to do. And I don't care what anyone else says. We're just doing it. OK. And in some regards, that's right. If I'm actually hearing from God. Okay, but sometimes our pride can get in the way. So that's, I would say, one really important thing for people with prophetic bends is you got to you got to be able to check your pride. But you also got to have conviction. So there's this balance of, of pride and conviction. Like, no. This is what God says. This is his, his truth. And, and that never changes. And so, so to, to work that out on a team, then you have to, you have to be willing to listen, right? So you have this voice that says, here's the ideal from God, which is important, but you also have to learn to listen and say, and, and look at different timing and stuff like, okay, now I need to, to dig my heels in that one. I'm just going to let it go. Right. But you got to know the difference. Okay. Here's when I got to let it go. Here's when I got to dig my deals, my heels in because this is essential. And so that's, that's kind of some of the dynamics of the team. So, so you can have a, a, a prophet um, that can also, because they think they hear from God, they can, they can take their ball and go home. Actually, I, I think a lot, of, uh, a lot of denominations have often been birthed out of, of prophetic type people because they see what they're in is not what it's supposed to be. And so instead of like doing the hard work of relational reconciliation and stuff like that, they're like, oh, we're just, we're just going to start our own and it'll be better. And we're better than you now. Right. And so, so that's not a great posture either. A lot of church planters, 
I think kind of take that right where they're like, they're, um, they, they get so discontent with the church where, where they're like, we're planting, uh, in spite or to spite kind of the, the church they were at. And so you got to have that balance where it's like, okay, I, I'm my, my heart. I really got to guard my heart to say, you know, I'm not the, I'm not the only person here. God has called other people into other things. Um, I'm not always right. And so, so when you're working with a team, you gotta, you gotta bring that to the table says, no, what I have is important. Uh, but I I'm also, you know, not, not so important, right. To where maybe there are some other people who have voices, you know, and then you might even be working with other people with prophetic, um, functions, right. Well, what makes me more right than them? And so, you know, so there's some, some things you got to work out with personal calling, like, like, uh, like I felt called into creating structures that I thought were a bit more ideal, but I also have been called to have to work with a bunch of other people uh, who think differently than me, you know, think differently than me. And I have to bless them and encourage them, add to what I can, but also not like just shout at them and point them out and be like, oh, they're, they're, they're bad. It's like, well, no, they're not going to say bad. They're, they're fleshing out some of their calling different, but I'm going to keep, keep pushing the main things, right? Like I, like my voice is like, I'm constantly pushing for relational discipleship, constantly, constantly, constantly pushing for the priesthood of all believers, constantly pushing to remove some of the hierarchies. Um, you know, I really believe in interdependent leadership, right? So you get this, this, this fivefold thing and it's interdependent leadership, right? Well, which one's, which one's the most important? They're all important, right? I mean, that's the answer. They're, they're all important. We need each one of them at the table. And to be healthy as churches, we need we need to recognize that when the evangelist is pushing back on, against, say, the the pastor, the shepherd type, we need to remember, like, oh, hey, guys, we're not in a conflict. We're on the same team. We're just coming at it from a different angle. And, and we need both of those angles. So keep bringing those angles. And so, you know, especially as, as a leader in some of these things, we need to identify, here's where each one comes. Here's who these people are. So when I hear this, I'm understanding that they're coming with their bent and that's okay because we need that voice. And we, so we need, as a team, we need to relate together. Like, okay, that's, he's bringing this prophetic voice. Hey, that's, that's what it is. And so we're going to take that and use that. Um, and so that's where I think interdependent leadership uh, within a church is so important. Um, you know, not that someone can't be necessarily kind of leading and stuff like that. Cause some people have leadership gifts, right. But we need to recognize each other and the balance and and uh, a mutual submission in a lot of ways as well. That um, especially honestly, as as Americans, we don't do great. You know, one of the fortunate things I've been able to do is travel overseas and see other cultures and workings and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and uh, you know, for for our culture, we we have a hard time because we're so individualistic, right? We're so individualistic in our in our thinking um, that it sometimes hinders us working as a team uh, to see the apex really work itself out. Such a great conversation, such, so much here. Talking about health, you know, healthy prophets, um, healthy prophet types, healthy people working out there, their prophetic gifting, calling. Man, that's so good. Just as, as we start kind of to land the plane here, you know, um, man, unhealth. Right, I think you've 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 kind of touched on it already a little bit. Sounds like healthy prophets humble, healthy prophet works within the dynamic of the team, 
right? A healthy profit um, points people back to the ideal, which uh, is in Scripture, right? Um, and, and and God's original intent that we see in the Bible. Um, but man, talk to us about like, man, what what's an unhealthy profit look like in your opinion? You know. Lack of a better sense, like, and and then what does it look like when people are pulling people away from that, you know, false, you know, a false profit, perhaps? Yeah, I I think some of those are um, divisiveness, right? Where where they call so so the prophetic kind of thinks like, oh, okay, I, I think I'm here from God, but instead of bringing that to the table and encouraging, like the like the scripture says here that we're supposed to equip the saints, build up the body. Instead of doing that, they they use that gifting, you know, if they're immature prophet types, uh, for divisiveness, right? So they'll just kind of like throw out truth bombs, right? Like I'm just gonna throw this little grenade out there and, you know, see what happens because they're not trying to to make disciples and build a healthy church. They're just trying to like, I don't know, flaunt their gift or just exercise what they want. And so 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 an unhealthy prophet will throw out bombs. Right. And, and they don't care about the casualties of those, you know, and, and they might, damage. Yeah. They, they, and they might even be right. They might even like what they are saying might even be somewhat correct. Um, but but the way in which they're doing it is wrong. So I, so uh, when I was first married, um, I would have these conversations with my wife. Okay? And, and this isn't necessarily tied super to prophetic, but um, but but I would I would kind of like uh, we'd have a conversation and an argument. And I would start throwing out some truth bombs. And, and I was right in what I said, because I could quote the scripture. I could tell the reason why. But honestly, I was a jerk. <laughs> I, was just, I was just a jerk. And I was doing it just so I could win. Right? Mm. I could win the argument. So I'm going to throw my truth bombs because I you know, maybe knew more about the Bible or, or what I perceived. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I might have been able to quote more scripture, but I was a jerk. And so I was not like Jesus at all. And so that, that wasn't helpful. And so, so I think... I think prophetic people can do that where they're like, well, I, I know this and I'm going to throw out these bombs. I don't care who's hurt or injured by it or, or where it says, um, you know, so we're called to, to give the truth and love. And so we've got to play that dynamic, especially as, as these prophetic people, you know, I think the other thing that really hinders, and I, I touched on earlier is, is pride it is, is we got, we can have an ego because we are hearing from God in some ways. Like that's kind of what we do is like, Hey, I think God has revealed this. And I want people to know it, and so and so we can we can then assume just because I have something in my mind that it automatically aligns with the mind of Christ, and it doesn't, right? That's why we're commanded to put on the mind of Christ. So so the prophetic people they need to be they need to remember that they still need to be consistently in prayer and the Word. They they need to take a humble posture rather than a prideful posture that like oh just because you get this you think you're always right. Uh, I, mean, I, I think we saw, you know, even this past couple of years of, of there's a bunch of prophetic type people, you know, saying like, oh, hey, here's what's going to happen in the elections and here's what's going to happen there. And then, you know, then a lot of it didn't happen. So didn't then what happen. do you do? Yeah. And now you've like spewed all this stuff. And it's like, well, I, I mean, obviously it wasn't God because it didn't happen, like you said, and stuff. And so anyway, so there's, there's that dynamic of, man, if if you're speaking on behalf of God. You better watch your words and and yeah. and be careful. Yeah. Man, Dusty, thank you so much. This conversation's been great. And I think it's helpful for us in this series as we talk about the APEST and for our listeners who might be in various places in their knowledge of the APEST or 
maybe exploring some of their giftings and how God has wired them. Um, as we land the plane here, we wrap up this episode. Two final questions. One, how can people stay connected to you and your work? And then two, what's a, a closing statement for our, our listeners, the last words you have in regards to the prophet and the apex? Yeah, I, I mean, just staying connected. Um, uh, so the syndicate, we got we got a Facebook page, an Instagram page. If you look up the syndicate Boise, uh, you can find out information there or go to the syndicateboise.org. Um, is one. And then uh, for my church, SojournAlliance.com, uh, we also have a Facebook page. So that's a, a way to be connected with me or on Facebook, Dusty Benner, uh, if you look me up. Um, and then just kind of some final thoughts for for APES stuff and, and profit stuff is really it's it's an under, we got to have a sense of understanding that other people are bringing stuff to the table too, and that that is good and healthy. And we need to acknowledge those and we need to elevate other people um, because we need we need all of them. We need all those voices are so important um, for building a healthy church that will make disciples. Dusty, that's been amazing. Hey, if you're listening to us and you're still trying to explore like, hey, how has God maybe shaped me and some of the stuff that Dusty said uh, is resonating with you or maybe some of the stuff that you've heard already there is this cool little tool i don't know dusty if you've if you've taken this before but it's a five-fold ministry uh test it's imperfect obviously but but it's a cool little tool that could kind of guide you towards uh uh you know who you know maybe god has called you to be whether you're an apostle type a prophet type uh, uh an evangelist type a pastor type and teacher and then you can start learning a little bit more about who you are and how god has shaped you and then the gifts that god wants you to uh, bring to your context, your team, and your neighborhood. So it's fivefoldministry.com. It's a, it's a free test. Fivefoldministry.com. I've done it. We've taken the test before. And it, and I thought that it was pretty good uh, and a pretty good representation of how you know uh, God has wired me. So again, Dusty, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to put this in the description. You guys can click on that. Uh, but man, it's been a great conversation, man. Keep doing what you're doing up in Boise, man, and, and may the Lord just fan that flame uh, uh, of, of disciple-making right there in the Treasure Valley. God bless you, man. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned as we release episodes each Wednesday. We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. Thank you for listening.